And I wanna talk about one of the most important factors that we have, one of the most important disciplines of bringing and being a follower of Jesus. You know, many people like the preachy sermons, you know what I'm talking about? The preachy sermons, the ones that make you leave out of here lifted in your spirits and ready to just storm hell with a water pistol. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And those are great. And we need those. We need those moments to lift our faith. We need those moments to, to take us from a place that seems like it's dead and make us feel alive again. We need that. But I've learned that there is one thing that we fail to realize, and that's sometimes what it takes to accomplish that task. That we hear these preachy sermons like, God will fight your battles for you. All you need to do is be still. But we fail sometimes to realize what it takes to get to that point. You often get to hear the back end of a sermon. Every, every Sunday you show up, every message you hear, you hear the back end of a sermon, the place where the victory comes. But if you don't know what it took to get to the victory, you won't be strong enough to withstand the battle. And I'm gonna say this, I just wanna, we have a technical difficulty. Those are not my correct notes. I have updated notes, so please fix that. And we can a lot of times fail to realize some things. You know, it's hard to be still sometimes in the battle when you haven't learned to be still before the battle. So we can't just run around saying, all I need to do is be still when you don't know how to be still. So that's some of the things I wanna talk about today. And I wanna teach you something that I believe is vital as a follower of Jesus, something that is so crucial in your walk with Christ, something that must be taken so seriously as a follower of Jesus. And I wanna instruct us as a church and I want you to join me so that way over the next 21 days we can see God do some supernatural things. You may say, what are, we, what, are, what are we getting into? Well, if you haven't been here, you haven't been paying attention, we're about to, today we step into a 21 day fasting and prayer season. We do it every year. We're giving God our first of our year. And I wanna talk about that today. I wanna talk about it because, so that way you can storm hell with a water pistol. So that way you can look at the mountains in your life and you can say, mountain be moved, and it can be moved in the name of Jesus. That, that's, that's what I wanna talk about today. So if today, if it's not your normal day that you take notes, today's the day to take notes. Because I'm gonna read to you a ton of scripture. A ton. And you're gonna have a ton of screen notes. You're gonna, your hand's gonna get tired today. Because I wanna teach. I don't, I'm not, you know, I like to get up here, I'm a third generation preacher, I like to preach, but today can I just teach? Can I just talk to you a little bit? Can I tell you what can help you in your life most important, more, probably more than anything else as a follower of Jesus? Can I do that today? Okay, let's go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. I've got so many scriptures, I can't just read you one today. I have three different passages as my main core scripture, okay? So we're just gonna do that. Romans chapter 12, verse one and two. Therefore, I urge you, Brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and what? And what? Pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Matthew 6, 17 and 18. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face 
so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I wanna preach to you and talk to you today from the title, The Battle Before the War. The Battle Before the War. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for every person in this room today. God, you know every single name of every individual that's under the sound of my voice. You know every hair on their head. You know every concern, every thought, every fear, every level of anxiety. You know us inside and out. You formed us in our mother's womb. You care for us. You care for us. You'll never leave us, never forsake us. Your word says so. So God, as we step into this teaching today about fasting and praying and what that means and the importance of it as a follower of Jesus, teach us something new today, God. Allow us to see you in a way that maybe we haven't experienced. This isn't just another year. This isn't just another day. This is the day that you have made. This is the year that you have created. This is the year that you're gonna do something that you haven't done before. And we come with anticipation. We come with an expectation. But we don't come so that you'll do something for us, God. We come to just get closer to you. We don't need anything else from you. You've given us plenty. We have a lot to be thankful for, God. A lot to be grateful for. We just wanna be closer to you. We wanna hear your voice. We wanna tune out the distractions. We wanna smell the incense of your presence. That's our heart's desire. That's what our soul needs. So saturate us with your presence, oh God. We thank you for your presence in this room. In Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Amen, you may be seated. Have you ever had a time in your life where you needed God to speak to a situation but you found that you couldn't hear him? It's like you prayed and you prayed and you sought the face of God but it feels like I don't hear anything. Or you're getting ready to make a decision, a life-altering decision This could be regarding to the person you need to marry or you're supposed to marry or you think you need to marry. It could be about a career. It could be about a move. It could be be anything. And, And you've got this decision that you're needing to make, but you're unsure quite really the direction you need to go. You ever been there? Ever had that feeling? You're like, I'm not sure. And maybe you don't even ask God that question. God, what do actually you think about this? Which we should. Let me, let me ask you these questions, and I want you to, to, to answer these within yourself today. Are you in need of healing or a miracle? Just answer this to yourself. I'm gonna ask you multiple questions. Are you in need of healing or a miracle? Do you need a, a tender touch from God in your life? Is there a dream on the inside of you that only God can make possible? Are you in need of a fresh encounter with God? Do you desire a deeper, more intimate and powerful relationship with the Lord? 
Are you wanting and ready to have a heightened sensitivity to the desires of God? Do you need to break away from bondages that are holding you hostage? Some of you are like, I'm saying yes to all of these. Is there a friend or loved one who needs the love and the salvation of Jesus? Do you desire for God's perfect will for your life? Now, if you've said yes to any one of these things, then here is the answer. It's time to fast. It's time to fast. It's time to face the battle before the war. You see, fasting is one of the most powerful spiritual disciplines of a Christian. One of the, the most powerful, and fasting and praying, I can tell you, can change the direction of your life. It, it, it can completely make a turn in your life, in any situation, in any circumstance. And fasting releases the supernatural power of God over your life. It enables the Holy Spirit to work through you in a greater measure, a way that you don't realize or know him right now. So I, I wanna... I wanna give you a lot of notes today, and again, I already told you, you're gonna to wanna to write these things down because I've got multiple points, multiple things. So I wanna answer some questions that you may be having. And the first question is, why should we fast? Why should we fast? I wanna give you four thoughts on why we should fast. The first one is fasting renews our first love to God. It renews that, that moment it reignites that, that passion and that hunger for who God is. The moment that you accepted Christ, that moment when the atmosphere was there, you felt God's presence, there was something that was just jumping and leaping on the inside of you. When you fast, it rekindles that all over again. It stirs that back up to remember your love again for God in a way that maybe you've fallen complacent to and where you're at now because of life and experiences. The second thing is why we fast is fasting will humble you before God. That's a word that we don't like. But fasting will humble you. Psalms 53, 13 says, I humbled myself with fasting. The third thing is fasting enables the Holy Spirit to reveal our true spiritual condition. And ultimately, that will result in repentance in your life. You will, the Holy Spirit will, you ever, you ever prayed sometimes and the Holy Spirit shows you something, you're like, I didn't even know. Like that was in me. And I had no idea. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit and he will convict you in this fast on some things that need to be revealed about your true spiritual condition, where you're at in your walk with him. Ezra chapter 8, 21 says, I proclaimed a fast that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him the right way for us and our little ones to go and for all our possessions. So fasting will enable the Holy Spirit to reveal some things. The fourth thing is fasting can transform your prayer life. Your prayer life will become richer and a more personal experience. If you want your prayer life to develop, fast. I promise you, it will change the trajectory of your life. You will, you will learn to become more sensitive to God's voice when he speaks when you fast. Okay, these are just some simple, simple practical things. So now I wanna talk about three reasons why we are fasting. Three reasons why we fast. There's many, but I'm gonna give you three today. The first one is this. I told you, get ready to take some notes. We, we fast to ask God the right way to go. When you're faced with a major life decision and you don't know what to do, like you got a job change, you got a job opportunity, a broken relationship, an unfulfilled dream, when you fast in these moments, God will, God will reveal to you the right way to go. He will show you fasting can help you clear away the clutter of life to be able to discern God's voice 
in a way that you haven't been discerning his voice. Let me tell you, God is always speaking. We're just not always listening. God is speaking all the time. Wherever you go, whatever, whatever you're doing, we, even while you're sleeping, God is speaking. But a lot of times we've got so much clutter. We've got so this and other things, so much stuff, junk, crap that, that gets in the white noise of his voice. And we don't know what he's saying. And we're like, God, where are you? And he's like, I'm right here. But you've got too many things, too many distractions going on. And when you fast, you, you, you begin to strip those things away back to the core of your relationship with God. Saul in the Bible, and, and not the King Saul, but Saul who eventually became Paul, Saul was, was going the wrong direction in life before he had an encounter with Jesus. He was hunting down followers of Christ and persecuting them in, in, when, when, and when the light of God's truth knocked him off his path, you can read this in Acts chapter nine, Saul headed to Damascus, he got knocked off his horse blinded him. I mean, God spoke to him in that moment and said, why are you persecuting me? And he went three days with, without eating. He went three days without drinking, he said. He went three days without sight. You can read all this in Acts chapter nine. And he didn't know what to do, so he fasted. And he fasted for God's divine direction of what was happening, what was going on. And then God sent a disciple, Ananias, to him to give him guidance on his steps forward. And through this process, Saul becomes who we know now as Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, one of God's chosen apostles. And through his fast, Paul received the direction that he needed, and so can you. When you don't know what to do, when you're facing a daunting situation or a daunting decision, then what you need to do is fast and fervently pray for God's direction. That's what you need to do. We, we, we need his guidance and wisdom in our decisions. We think we're smart. Turn to your neighbor and say, you ain't that smart. We, we, think, we, we think we know. Like, we, like, ain't nobody gonna tell us better than what we know. My, my four-year-old seems to, almost four-year-old seems to think that. Can nobody tell her nothing else? Like, girl, you better listen here. You're going to go around the street today. But we need his guidance. We need his guidance as husbands. We need his guidance as wives. We need his guidance as students. We need his guidance as business leaders. We need his guidance for our church. We need his guidance for our city. We need his guidance as a follower and a disciple of Jesus. We need his guidance. Second reason why we fast is we fast for our children and our grandchildren. God said that we could establish a foundation for many generations when we fast. That we can create the right platform for their lives to be built on. A house of faith is built from generation to generation. And so as parents and, and grandparents, we can fast for their future. You may say, well, well, I'm not even a parent yet. I ain't even married. I'm just trying to find him. I'm just trying to find her. You know what? You can still fast for your future family. Put it this way. Yesterday morning, as I was awoken early in the morning, I'm looking at my my eight-month-old son, I begin to pray for all my children's future spouses. I don't even know them yet. At least I don't think I do. <laughs> but I said, God, wherever Chandler's wife is, bless her right now. Protect her right now. Let her follow you right now. Let her learn from you. Let her love you. For, like, I just begin, I don't even know her. Malachi. I went down to Fallon, I went down to Maverick, I'm looking at my eight month old, I'm like, I can begin this for them now. I can fast for the family I don't even have yet. This is scriptural. So I got a question, if, if the future existence of our church depended on your kids, what would it look like? Can I, because then I answer it, it does. The future existence of the church depended on what your, your kids, what would it look like? What would it look like? 
And I believe that God is looking for, for men and women with fervent prayers who, who will fight spiritual battles on behalf of their families. God is looking for those people and fasting will begin to, it'll begin to open your eyes to things that, that you, you've never seen, the needs in your family, the encouragement that you can give to a spouse. He will begin to show you things about your family members that, that no one knows about. He'll begin to point out the needs of your children and what they need when you don't know. You're like, I feel like I can't figure this out. He will show them to you. He will begin to well that up in you in a wisdom that you've never had. The third thing that reason why we fast is we fast for God's favor on our resources and finances. These are super practical, but this is, these are all scriptural, okay? I'm, I'm right, this is right out of the Bible. When we fast, we affirm that God is our source. And we're asking him to, to bless our possessions, to bless the resources that he's given to us. Deuteronomy 8 says, remember the Lord your God, for he is the one who gives us the ability to get wealth. I think a lot of times we can forget that. That God is the one who gives you that ability. Again, we think we're so smart. Well, I did it without God. No, you didn't. You wouldn't be where you are without him. You wouldn't have what you have without him. You think it's you, and God says, you, you, you've got it all wrong. It's because of me, son. It's because of me, daughter. So I believe if you're facing a difficult time financially, then you need to fast. You need to ask God to, 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 to be your source. Not, God is your source, not your employer. God is your source, not the economy. Not the economy, not the government, not your, not your neighbor, not the person who lent you money. No, God is your source. There is nobody else that's your source. There is no person you can depend on to be your source. And you're like, how do, I, how, how do you know that? Because in the Bible, God fed Elijah during a drought. Like there's, there's times over and over again. He blessed Isaac a hundredfold in a famine. In times where there was nothing. And... and God can do supernatural things when you actually learn to rely on him as your source. I, I heard this story a long time ago. It's, I don't know whether it's true or whether it's not. I, I know it's possible. There's a story of this old lady. She was in her home one day and she, she was in need of some, some groceries. She, she was like, God, I, I need some food. I need some groceries. So she began, she had her windows open one day and, and she began to just cry out to God, God, I, I know that you're my provider. God, I believe that you can send me some food. God, I'm in need of, of resources right now. I'm in need of food. I'm in need of this pantry to be filled. And she began to start calling things that are not as though they were. Lord, this pantry is going to be filled. Lord, this fridge is going to be filled. God, I thank you that you're my provider. Well, while she's praying, the neighbor that she lived next door to was an atheist. And he began to hear her pray. And he was like, I'm sick and tired of hearing this woman pray to a God that doesn't exist. She's asking God to do something. You know what? I got an idea. That, that atheist got an idea. He decided, I'm going to go to the grocery store, and I'm going to buy all that food, and I'm going to come, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to place it on her doorstep. So this is what he did. He bought all that food. He went and got it, placed it on her doorstep. He knocked on the door, and he ran and hid behind the bush, and the old lady came out to the door, and she opened the door, and all those groceries were there, and she was like, oh, thank you, Lord. You're my provider, God. You gave me food when I was in need. She began to thank God, and all of a sudden, that, that neighbor, that atheist, jumped up and said, Ha! I got you. It wasn't God who bought those groceries. It was me. I got up. I went to the store. I used my money. I took my time. I bought all those groceries. That woman looked straight at him and looked straight back up and said, God, thank you for providing and making the devil pay for it. Because she knew where her source was from. How many of you ever heard that story before? You ever heard that story? Thank you for not ruining it for everybody else. Thank you. Thank you. So let me, let's talk about some questions to ask before we fast. It's two questions to ask. And then I'm going to talk about some different types of fast. Because we've had people ask, well, what is fasting? How do you fast? What are the different types? This is what I said I want to teach today. I want to talk about it. So questions to ask before a fast. There's two things. One is, what is the motive behind your fast? What is the motive? 
Why, why are you doing this? Like, what, what reason are you doing this for? Yes, you may lose weight, and that's great. We just came through the holidays. I could shed a few of these pounds on the love handle side. Too much to love. I need, I need to let that in. But my motive can't be that. My motive is to reconnect with God in a fresh way. That's gotta be my motive. Our fasting should be a time when our hearts are crying out, I want to know you more, God. I desire to discover and draw closer to you. I want to be with you. I don't want you to do anything for me. I just need to be closer to you so I can hear what you want me to do in my life. You begin to let God reveal himself in a fresh way. So what's your motive? The second question to ask yourself is, what are the specific needs that you're fasting for? Because we see throughout scripture where people do fast for a need doesn't mean God will always do it when you want it. God works in his timing. But if your motive is, God, I wanna be closer to you and I'm, I'm believing you to move on my behalf in this moment. The Bible says that people would fast for a reason. They fasted for God to give them direction. They fasted when they were in trouble or they needed financial breakthrough. People had a motive, a reason while they, why they were doing that. And a lot of times, it's, again, it's not about God doing it. It's about when you get closer to God, he tells you what to do. So we gotta understand the system of the process. So you need to write down why you're fasting. You need to make the journal and write it down. Why am I doing this? And let me tell you, the attitude in which you approach a fast will greatly determine your results. The attitude towards it. Your heart has to be in it. When you're, and when your heart is in it, you'll experience the results of a fresh connection with God. You, but your heart has to be fully submerged, fully committed, fully in it. So why are you doing this? Now let's talk, I wanna talk about different types of fasts in the Bible. This is where there's gonna be several bit of scripture and different, the different ways that you can fast. Before I get into that, I, I believe that fasting in, it, in its simplest, probably easiest statement to say is, is pushing away from the table for your flesh. Scripture refers to literally people stepping away from the table and, and doing away and doing without a certain food or a meal that, that was was good to them that they needed to step away from. When you refuse your body and tell it you're not in control, my spirit man's in control, it does something. It don't feel good. It likes to talk to you and tell you, why do you hate me? But there's something that takes place when you do this. It's great to fast social media. I believe in the world we live in today, there's modern things for fasting. I think that's great. But I, I just wanna encourage us all at least one day, do without something that you normally eat or do without food altogether for the day or do without, so let's talk about the different types of fast. The first fast that we see in scripture, or one of the fasts we see in scripture is called the Esther fast. The Esther fast, this is a, a three-day fast. We're doing 21 days, but you can, you can literally change it up the way through or you can pick one consistent way and go the whole way through. But the Esther fast is a three-day fast. Esther needed favor with King Xerxes. And so this was the purpose of her fast. She needed favor to her king. Now, she was married to the king. She was one of the wives. And, the, and her people, the Jews, were facing annihilation from Haman, the king's top official. He was persecuting them. He hated the Jews despised them beyond belief. So Mordecai, who is Esther's uncle, pleaded with her to, to intercede on their behalf to the king. So Esther was, she was a favorite queen, but you were, it was unlawful to, to enter into the presence of the king without being summoned. You could not go before him like, like today. Like, you can't just walk in the room. No, you couldn't do that. You had to be summoned because if you, if you were not summoned, the king could literally have you beheaded on the spot. You violated the law. So the purpose of this fast was so Esther would find favor and be accepted upon entry to, to the king, to King Xerxes. 
And it was to seek God's favor in this time of crisis. Esther 4, this is where she said in verse 16, she said, fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days, night or day. I will fast also. So she did without any food. She did without anything to drink for three whole days to seek God's favor upon entry to the king. So if you're facing difficulties in your home right now, if you're facing difficulties with your kids, if you're facing difficulties in your finances, one reason to fast is the one reason we need to do it is to have divine intervention from God. That's one reason. So that's the Esther fast. The second thing is, it's called the Daniel fast. And this one's very popular. How many ever heard of the Daniel fast? The Daniel fast, okay. The Daniel fast is a 21-day fast. This is why we picked 21 days. And you can choose to do this fast the whole way through. I know a lot of people that are doing this. Uh, We have a whole guide that's gonna help you with all this too. We're gonna release it here in a little bit today and you're gonna be able to walk through it. But the Daniel fast, Daniel chapter 10, says Daniel was in mourning three full weeks, 21 days. He says, I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks, three whole weeks were fulfilled. And so Daniel fasted 21 days and he ate only vegetables, fruit, and he drank water. That's it. So that's another type of fast. And the result is we see it in Daniel chapter 10, verse 10. It says, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. A voice said, Relax, Daniel, don't be afraid. From the moment you decided to humble yourself, to fast, to receive understanding, your prayer was heard. And I set out to come to you. Because of the fast, God gave Daniel the vision for his life. How many of you need God's vision for your life? So that's, that's the Daniel fast. The third one is, is the self-examination fast. This is called a one-day fast. We see this in Leviticus. It says this, chapter 23, verse 27, says this shall be a day of atonement. It will be a holy day of meeting for you. You will afflict your soul and offer an offering to the Lord. Jeremiah 36 also talks about this. He says the, the fasting day is what he refers to. I'm not gonna read the whole passage, but he calls it the fasting day. This fast is a time to ask God to reveal where you are in your relationship with him. That's a hard one. To really be told, this is really where you stand with me. How would you love for God to tell you, no, this is where your relationship is. This is a fast to to ask him that. Do I love you like I did when we first met? Is my my passion, God, for you stronger today than it was yesterday? Am I living as an example before my family like I should? These are the questions. This is is the fast for self-examination. Self-examination. The fourth type of fast is called the fast before battle. The fast before battle. Judges 20, God told Israel to fight the tribe of Benjamin because they had become perverted and God was ready to judge them. So they attempted to fight them twice and they lost the battle both times. So then verse 26 is going to say, it says, then all the people went to the house of the Lord and wept and fasted until evening and offered peace offerings before the Lord. And then the the scripture goes on to say, then they went again into battle for a third time, and this time they annihilated the enemy, destroyed them completely. And so it was wise. They, 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 They fought them twice, they lost, then they went and said, God, we're gonna give this to you first. We're gonna fast, we're gonna humble ourselves before we step into this battle. And when they did, the third time they walked in, they annihilated the enemy. Let me just say this, it would be wise to fast before a major decision. It would be wise to make time for fasting before you make a decision. My grandfather used to say, whatever decision you gotta make can can wait three days. And in those three days, you should humble yourself before God. And he'll show you. And if if it goes away, that opportunity, what you think is an opportunity goes away, then guess what? It wasn't for you and God's got something else better coming. Wait three days. Some of y'all, that may be a new practice. The fifth type of fast is called the fast for healing. 
Isaiah 50, 58, verse six, says, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? And it goes on, it says, then your healing will quickly appear and your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. So this scripture is telling us you don't need to be looking over your shoulder worrying about what might try to slip on you. God's got your back. How many of you think before a God who's got your back? Are you, are, you, are you grateful that there's a God who goes before you? He's, he is behind you. He is in front of you. He is with you. God's got your back. So that's the fast for healing. The, the fast, the, the sixth fast that I want to talk about today is called the dominion fast. This is the last one we're going to talk about. It's a fast that's called the 40-day fast. And we see Jesus did this. Matthew chapter 4 it says Jesus fasted for 40 days to have dominion and authority over his flesh. You know, we're a three-part being, okay? I was talking with a couple people about this just over the last couple weeks. We're a three-part being. We have, our, we have our, our spirit man that gets saved, gets born again. Everybody heard that term before? It gets born again. You have your soul which gets renewed day by day. It accepts the salvation of Jesus. And then you have, your soul is your mind, will, and emotions, okay? You have, then you have your flesh, your body. It's a three-part being. And the, the, the problem is, a lot of times we try to save the flesh, but the flesh can't be saved. But we have to tell our flesh that it's not in control. We have to remind our flesh that no, 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 no. You are not the authority. You do not have dominion over me. My spirit man done that's been reborn, sanctified, redeemed by the blood of Jesus. No, you will fall in line with what my spirit man says. You will fall in line with what scripture says. And which means that you have to be reading God's word and spending time in God's presence to be renewed by your soul, your mind, will, and emotions every day. Because your soul and your flesh are going to battle. And your spirit man said, I'm trying to tell you what to do. But your soul and your flesh are getting in the way. So when we fast, we tell our flesh, you got no power. You don't control me. That, that little thing that, that you can't stop thinking about, maybe you've got an addiction that is controlling and consuming you. When you do the, have a thought or an intervention time to have a dominion over what's going on, you can take a fast and you can tell your body, no, you have no authority. And you can break addictions because of a fast to give you authority and dominion back over your flesh because your flesh is lustful. It, it, it desires everything it can't have. So you have to learn to get in control of your flesh and say, flesh, you have no power. My spirit, man, I'm gonna follow what the Holy Spirit is telling me in my spirit, man. And I'm gonna renew my mind day by day so that way my flesh, I don't go by what my flesh says, I go by what my spirit says. Your flesh doesn't go with you when you go to eternity. But the Bible does say about your flesh that you are to take care of it that it is a temple. Even Jesus scripture, Luke 2.52 said, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. Stature, that's his physical appearance, his body. He took care of his health. It's important that we carry, that we have to carry our temple well because your temple is the carrier of your destiny. So you have to learn though to get your temple in line with your spirit so it can fulfill the destiny that God has for you. So Matthew 4, we see where, where Jesus did this because in Genesis, Adam lost dominion when he ate the fruit. He lost it, he sinned, he broke, he broke that, that covenant, that promise. Esau, he lost his, his birthright when he ate the meal that Jacob prepared, a bowl of beans. He was starving. He came in, he says, if you'll, if, if you'll give me that, that bowl of beans, I'll give you my birthright. Jacob had this, he conjured up this whole idea. You gotta go read that story, it'll, it'll blow your mind. But you see, fasting makes you tough in spirit when you fast. It causes your inner man to strengthen and confront the enemies of fear and opposition in your life. The Bible says that Jesus, when he returned from 40 days, he says he returned in the power of the Spirit. It's a difference. So these next 21 days, we're going to confront some things that we may not have known were there. We're going to confront some things, some, some attitudes. We're going to confront some habits that shouldn't be in our life. We're gonna confront some desires that we need to shed. 
some thoughts that keep entering our minds, some, some addictions that are controlling us. How many are ready to confront some things that are going on in your life to say, no, we're not going to do that anymore? I know it's uncomfortable. This is, this is what scripture tells us to do. This isn't Nathan's theology. This isn't my word. I'm reading you straight out of scripture. Jesus asked for us to do this stuff. We need to get back into leaning into our spirit, man. And by denying our body what it wants through fasting, it will make your spirit strong and capable of overcoming whatever challenges you face. It'll give you the strength to withstand the battle before the war. Because you have a battle you're facing right now. And you may say, well, my life's okay. I don't feel like I'm going to battle. I was told this by an old preacher one time. It says, you either, you're either in a battle, coming out of a battle, or getting ready to go in one. So if things are good, guess what? You better be getting fasted and prayed up because the enemy's coming. He's got his attack. He's ready. The scripture says, John 10, 10, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He is out for you. Another scripture says that the enemy is prowling at the door, waiting to devour someone. He's ready. Open that door. Give me a crack. That's all I need. Crack it. I'm in. I'll destroy their life. When you fast, you say, uh-uh, turn, lock, triple deadbolt, burn the door down. You ain't coming in. You have no power over me, enemy. You have no authority. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Doesn't mean a weapon won't be formed. It doesn't mean a weapon won't be formed, but it means it will not prosper. It will not prosper. Tell your neighbor, it will not prosper. So as a church, I want, I want you to join me in this 21-day journey of fasting and discovery. And here's my encouragement to you. Make every day count. Make every day count. Some of you may be really eager. You're like, I'm going to do the dominion fast. I'm going to do, I'm going to do no food and just water. And that, that's it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm great, but do what you're capable of doing. Because if you've never fasted before, going for the juggler is not the way to go. You need to take steps. So that's why I encourage you to make every day count. My kids are doing part of the fast. Get your kids involved. My, my oldest, he's like, I want to do without food. I'm like, honey, you're nine years old. If you go without a granola bar at three o'clock, you like the little devil running around. Like, no, you can't go without food. I won't let you do, I'll let you go without some sweets. You can go without, you can cut out the already screen time we don't give you. You can cut out some more. You, you, can, you can push some things away that you desire that, that you can't wait till your sister takes a nap on Saturday at 12 so you can watch a little game. Put some of that away for a little while. And during that time, replace it with doing something with God. So if you're going to replace a meal, maybe you're going to say from, you know, 8 a.m. till 6 p.m., I'm not going to eat any, any food. I'm only going to drink clear liquids. Then do that. Because some people have medications. you got to take some food. Do, do, what, do what's smart, but do what's uncomfortable. Be smart, but do what's uncomfortable. Do something that's going to be a challenge and make every day count. You may do four days of this, and you're like, I feel like I'm going to die. Let me tell you, how many have ever done 21 days of just liquids? Have many ever done that before? I've done it. I think the most I've gone so far was 33 days with just liquids. And it, by the time you get past like day three or four, things begin to come in a stride for you. You begin to, your, 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 your sensitivity begins to be heightened to the awareness of your spirit. And you, it allows you to have the strength to carry through. So sometimes you may feel that you're hitting a wall. Push another day. Push another day. Because I promise you, you'll begin to have the strength of the Holy Spirit to continue through. And then things are going to begin to start falling in place in your life. And you're going to be like, what is going on? God you be, you will begin to touch you in a way. You will begin to experience him in an existence of him that you haven't quite felt. I say this and I'm telling you, it's almost like you can smell the fragrance of his presence. Some of you are like, what does that even mean? Try it. It's almost like, I know this sounds weird, but this is how, this is how I'm, I'm dramatic in my way with God, okay? So, you know, some of y'all, maybe it's prim and proper, but I'm dramatic with God. It's almost like I can feel his breath on me. That God, I know you're there. I've felt alone and I've, Felt like no one cares. I felt like I don't even know if I can go another day. 
that when you begin to feel the presence of God, it's almost like you can feel the breath of his, the wind of his breath begin to just pour over you. And life begins to come back on the inside of you. Strength begins to well up within you. Faith begins to rise in a place where you felt like there was no hope before. That's what fasting can do. So I wanna, I wanna instruct us and I wanna encourage us all to play a part in this 21 days. We've got a, a, an entire guide that we're gonna put out. They're gonna put it on the screen. You can do the QR code, you can go on the app. We're gonna be posting a prayer focus every day. And Monday through Friday, right here in this auditorium from 6.30 to 7, I didn't do 5 a.m., you know, I'm, I'm, some of y'all real spiritual. Um, we're gonna do 6.30 to 7. You can come at five if you want to. You can walk laps around the building. Just don't walk around the seven time. We don't need the walls to fall. So I'm serious. If you want to, you, you can do that. You can. But at 6.30 to 7, we're gonna have prayer focus. We're gonna have, be in this auditorium, have a time of worship and a time of prayer, and you're gonna be able to disperse to this auditorium and seek God's face. Experience him in a fresh way. We're gonna be praying for our families. We're gonna be praying for our spouses. We're gonna be praying for our careers. We're gonna be praying for the purpose of God on our life. We're gonna be praying for our nation and its leaders. We need divine direction from an almighty God to lead our country so we can lead our families. We're gonna be asking for divine intervention on behalf of our church and how we're gonna reach our community and how we're gonna reach the people that God's called us to reach so that way they can know Jesus too. There are more seats in this room, which means there are more souls to be saved. There's more people that need to know Jesus, your friends, your family, your coworkers, the person you pass by every day on that walk, the neighbor down the street. You never know what might happen. Let me tell you, a fast will give you a strength. It will give you a boldness sometimes. You just be like, you know what? Why don't you just come to church? And you're like, I hadn't said three words to this person and you're just asking them to come to church. It will happen and you'll be amazed at the empowerment you will feel of the Holy Spirit. Why don't you stand across this room today? I wanna pray for us. My prayer for all of us in these next 21 days is that God will begin to reveal himself in a way that we've either forgotten or just in a fresh way. In a, in a way that we need him most. And if you'll be committed to this, I'm gonna be here every 21 days. Saturdays we're gonna do, I think it's 8.30, is that right? 8.30 to nine, let you sleep in a little bit. But it's, it's important, like, yes, we're gonna have it provided through that screen there, but can I tell you, getting here is different. It's different when you come to the house of the Lord. You find your place in this room. You find your, your place at the front of this altar find yourself in a place where you're just literally just flat on your face before God. You watch him work. You watch him move. And you watch him speak to you in places where you're like, God, I didn't even know you existed there. And he'll begin to speak and you'll hear him so clear. You'll hear him so loud. It's almost like you gotta wear earplugs because you're like, Jesus, calm down. I asked for one word, not 87. I'm not kidding, y'all. I'm telling you, when you've been there and done that, ask anybody who's fasted and prayed and sought God's divine intervention. They will tell you, honey, it's gonna change your life. Get ready. Tell your neighbor, it's in the best T.D. Jakes voice you can tell. Say, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Ain't nobody can say it like him, but let me pray for you. Father, I thank you. Thank you for your word. I thank you for your instruction today. I thank you for what you're gonna do over these next 21 days. And Lord, as we give you, as we give you the first of our year, to give you authority, to give you the control, to do what only you can do. God, we're gonna do our part. We're gonna, we, we believe that faith without works is dead. And so God, we can't believe for something we're not willing to put the work in to see accomplished. So God, we. We wanna see your face, and God, I pray for every person that is in need of a divine intervention, God, that you will begin to show up on their behalf for their families, in their finances, in their careers, whatever aspect of life, in those addictions, in their soul, their mind, the things that they're battling every day. We 
pray, God, that you would have your will be done, that you would have your way, that you would move on our behalf, that, Lord, that we can stand on the other side of this to know that, God, you will fight our battles for us and we'll understand what it means to be still for the moments that come when we need to be still. Challenge us these next 21 days. Make us uncomfortable. Search me, oh God. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there is anything inside of me, Lord, that's not supposed to be there. That's what we pray. every head bowed and eyes still closed. I never want to pass up an opportunity for someone that may be in this room today that wants to accept Jesus as Lord of their life. Maybe you've been coming for a few weeks, maybe you've been watching online and, and you're here and you know that this is, this is your moment. Maybe this is your first time in an experience like this and you're hearing about a God who wants to move on your behalf, who loves you, who has a purpose for you, who, who sent his son and his name is Jesus, who became his own creation, who died on a cross for you, who shed his blood to pay, to pay for you back. So that way one day when you pass from this life and you stand before those pearly gates and the, and the book is right there to see if your name is in the book of life and God looks at you and he sees you, he will see Jesus when you accept him. He sees the blood, the righteous blood of a Savior. He won't see your sin, but he'll see the grace of God. And he'll say, well done, come on in. That way we can spend eternity with him and not the alternative. If that's you today, maybe this is the first time you want to make this decision or maybe you started this new year and, you're, and you've come back today and you said, you know what, I need to get my life back right with God. I want to start this year fresh. I'm going to make a commitment. On, and I'm going to stay to my decision, not just off how I feel. If that's you today and you want to accept Jesus, I'm going to count down from three. Nobody looking around, I just want you to lift your hand. I just want to know who I'm praying with and I'm going to ask you to put your hand down and we're going to pray a prayer together. That's you, three, two, three. One, just lift it up, lift it up, lift it up. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift him high. I want to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. I need him to do all, make all things new in my life. I need him to touch me. I need him to lead me. I need him to guide me. If he has a purpose for me, I want that. If that's you, just lift your hand. Thank you, Jesus. I see those hands. Thank you, Jesus. If you're online, you can click the button right there. Thank you, Jesus. You could put your hands down. Now let's pray this prayer together as a church, one body. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Help me to live a new life in you. God, I accept you as Lord and leader of my life. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. And today I ask that you would forgive me of all my sin. Help me to live a new life in you. I put my faith in you, my trust in you, and my hope in you. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said a big amen.